Alright folks, how you doing? Welcome back to the True Results 303 Podcast. Once again, I am Russell, your host. Don't forget to visit the website, trueresults303.com. Sign up for the free newsletter. Check out the free gifts button. Got free gifts there for you on setting goals, fitness and nutrition. Once again, I just want to thank you for tuning in. Your time is very valuable. You're spending it with me and I appreciate it. I hope that you are learning something during... All these podcasts, and then even more, I hope that you are sharing this information and building up those around you because that's what it is all about not only changing yourself, but changing the lives of those around you. So, real quick, don't forget to join the social media community Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube as well, True Results 303. And then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, leave a review on iTunes, and go ahead and help the podcast get more recognition out there in podcast land. And as well, you can always email me at any time at trueresults303 at gmail or at yahoo.com. And remember that true is T-R-U. There is no E in that. So that's TRUResults303 at gmail or at yahoo.com. Coming at you today with a video, or a video, sorry I'm still on YouTube time here, on a podcast about the death of a society, right? Or something along those lines. I never really know what I'm gonna, what title I'm going to give it, but death of society sounds good. And these are the things that I guess you could say a society or we as a person do throughout our lives or the lifestyle that we try to live that hurts the whole, right? That hurts the whole. So we as Americans do these things and it hurts America. We as human beings do these things and it hurts the human race. So the first one is going to be the if-then syndrome. And I got this concept from a book called Made for More. So it was a Catholic, it's Catholic teaching, it's a Catholic book, a Christian book, but I'm just going to read from this because he does a better job explaining than I do. So this is going to be the if-then syndrome. So this guy is giving, I'll just start, not too long ago I was asked to give a lecture on ethics at the University of Colorado. This question the question at hand was, is it ethical to buy a term paper online? At first glance, the question seemed a bit silly. But, as with many such questions, if you scratch the surface a bit, there might be something more significant waiting to be discovered. I began the presentation by making an assumption. I think most of us would agree that if we bought all of our term papers online, that would be unethical. But let's take a look at the hard case. Imagine that you have never bought a term paper, never cheated on an exam, and you are weeks away from graduating. It is just before it is just before final exams and term papers are due. You have three major papers due all in the same week. Some unexpected circumstances arise, and despite your best efforts, you can't get only two of the three papers. You can only get two of the three papers done. If you don't get the third paper done, you will fail the course. If you fail the course, you will not be able to graduate. What then? Would it be all right to go online and buy a term paper? I gave a few minutes to I gave them a few minutes to ponder the issue. Nobody spoke. 
let me ask you this. Why would you want to buy a term paper? Isn't that great, folks? We've got to remember, it's always asking the right questions. We've got to ask the right questions. So I think that was a great question to be asking. Why would you want to buy? Right? What, what would be the point? I waited for a response. After a few moments, one brave, brave soul spoke up. Because I want to pass the class. I respond, that's a good reason. Why do you want to pass the course? Another pause, and then someone said, because I want to graduate. I replied, that is a really good motive. Graduating from college is a noble goal. So why do you want to graduate? A third voice came from the crowd, because a college degree is an important part of a solid resume. A solid resume seems like a good thing. Why do you want one? Because I want to get a good job. Great, a good job is a really good thing. Why do you want one? Because I want to make a lot of money. There are a few chuckles from the audience, but I press on and encourage them. Money is a really good thing. Why do you want a lot of money? Because I want to buy nice things. Makes sense to me. But why do you want nice things? Because I want to be happy. There it is. I smiled and waited a few seconds. This answer was a bit different from all the others. Each of the previous responses referenced a means to an end, a way of getting something greater. Happiness is different. It is the reason we act. If you think about it, happiness is almost always why we do what we do. We want to be happy. It is though we were made for happiness. And this is that if-then syndrome, right? If I buy the term paper, then I will pass the class. If I pass the class, then I will graduate. If I graduate, then I will have a good resume. Right? So it's that if, then. And then unfortunately, we'll think of the if, we don't really, you know, this if and then, but we don't have that main goal in mind. You know, sometimes they say we need to start at the end and then work backwards. You know, it's kind of the, the one concept I've heard that I thought was really good is, what do you want to be written on your tombstone? And then that's the way you should live your life. How do you want to, what do you want to be written on your tombstone? Or it's that same concept of, how many people do you think are going to be at your funeral? Have you ever thought of that question? How many people are going to be at your funeral? You know, I've went to places, I dated a girl before. Me, I've been, I've, I'm usually single. You know, I've been single for a long time. I go through periods of time where I'm single for three, four years, right? And it doesn't bother me. I'm an only child. So being alone is not really something that bothers me. I've always been alone. If, there, if I didn't have a friend staying the night, I was alone. So for me, I can go out to eat and sit there by myself doesn't bother me. I go to movies by myself. You know, for me, like if it's a big social gathering, then I don't really like going by myself. But if it's just going to dinner and doing these types of things, that doesn't bother me. I can go by myself and no worries, right? So, you know, I'd go out with this girl. We'd go out to eat and she'd be like, look at that poor person over there all by themselves. That's so sad. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, well, I go out to eat by myself all the time. But, you know, so that's that same concept. How many people do you want at your funeral? Would it be sad if there was a funeral and there was only like three people there? Or nobody showed up? Or just your children showed up? You know, so it's kind of 
looking at the big picture, what is the end going to look like? And I think we need to start focusing on that a little bit more. And when we do, then we will finally start to understand our mission in life and what we are supposed to be doing. Because, unfortunately, I think we're just kind of running around confused. So, next is going to be the er-then. Er-then. And this is almost similar to if-then. But this is er-then, right? If I had a bigger house, then I would be happy, right? If I was richer, then I could buy this. If I was just prettier, then that guy would like me, right? So this is just another concept and thought process that is preventing us from truly being caring and responsible citizens and helping those around us and just truly building us up the way that we were meant to be. You know, so once again, that er then. And I think once again, you've you got to, you know, you've just got to sit down and really contemplate these questions in your life. And I think that's another downfall, you know. It's what they say, especially now since we're in such a scientific world, that, you know, philosophy and critical thinking has almost gone by the wayside. Nobody cares about critical thinking. And I think, you know, with nobody ever sits in silence you know nobody listens to podcasts or audiobooks reads a book this is what's going to expand your mind so we need to make sure that we are understanding these things okay so the next one i think that is really damaging us as humans and as a society is that tomorrow right i'll get to it tomorrow We've got to understand that tomorrow is never promised. You could die in your sleep. You could die in a car accident on the way to work. You get struck by lightning in a rainstorm. Right? You never know what's going to happen. Tomorrow is never promised. But we've gotten it, you know, in such a comfortable area in life, especially here in these first world countries, that, you know, eh, we'll do it tomorrow. Well, why don't you do it now? Start right now. Putting it off tomorrow is only going to almost ensure that you never even attempt to reach your goals. You know, there's that so-called study out there that they interview or they question people on their deathbed. And the one thing that they always talk about is the things that they never did. The things they regret the most are the things they never did. Okay, so there's no such thing. Tomorrow is not promise. Whatever you want, you get up and you do it now. You do it right now. You want to read that book, you read that book. Now, for me, there's, this is a, t- a touchy subject. You know, now this is where we get into to, uh, into uh, trouble as well. You know, if you can't afford it, I'm not saying max out your credit cards and go on all these vacations. That's not how you. That's not what I mean. Okay, so let's see, how can we better explain this? I saw something on Facebook the other day. It was for those who, you know, would go to my funeral and say I love you and, you know, they would fly to go see my, to 
to visit me in the hospital in my last days. They would fly to my funeral. They would send flowers to my funeral or something along those lines. You know, don't wait till I'm dead. Do it now, today. If you say you love me so much you want to visit me, you're going to be there when I die. Well, what's the point if you're never there in between? You know, and this is that concept I hate too. Um, and I guess I'll just move on from that tomorrow. I hope that, you know, tomorrow's not promised. Get up and do it now. Go chase your dreams. What do you want? Go and get it. Okay. Uh, you know, kind of that concept I think that hurts us as well is uh, a friend, you know, it's when you never, you never see them, but when you finally do, it's like it never Nothing ever changed, right? And yeah, that's because you're sitting there shooting the breeze about the same stupid things you were doing 20 years ago. You know what I mean? I could sit down and if and have a conversation with a stranger and have a conversation with someone. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of conversation. If you're real with a person and you're truly expressing yourself, you can talk to anybody. And it be like you've been friends forever. As long as you're willing to be open and communicate and understand that their perspectives might not be the same as yours and you are willing to accept that and have a respectful conversation. I have friends that do not believe in God and I, you know, if you follow me, I'm very Catholic and trying to live that Christian lifestyle. We go over there, we have some arguments, um, we see, you know, we don't see eye to eye. Unless they're drinking. If they're drinking, then it's just horrible. Then I'm just getting attacked nonstop. But, you know, if we're sober or, you know, they're just a little tipsy, we can have a respectful conversation and everything is fine. And I think that is the issue. This is where we're going to get into my next one. The death of a society. Political correctness. This is the death of society. Because now, anything I say, people want to get offended by it. And now, all of a sudden, we can't have a respectful conversation. Because the other person is so offended that I said something that hurt their feelings. It's almost it's, it's getting to the point to where feelings and emotions are the death of a society. We were becoming too emotional. It's, it's almost a downfall. Political correctness is a super downfall. I heard it said best... In an interview on talk radio, right? The downfall of political correctness, it is limiting our freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is the freedom to say something mean. You don't need to give me freedom of speech to tell me, oh, give me all the compliments you want, but don't say anything horrible towards me. No, freedom of speech is the 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 God-given right to say whatever the heck you want, whether it's mean or not. Now, of course, we all have a place, and I think if we are having that respectful conversation, then, you know, you're usually going to be okay. I had a two-hour conversation with a gay man about the church teaching on homosexuality and all these things. And by the time it was all said and done, we were both still friends. Everything was fine. Nobody yelled at each other. We were both passionate about our stance on the topic. And, you know, we went about our daily lives. To tell you the truth, I think the great thing was is he had a better respect for Christians. Because I was able to articulate myself in a, in a reasonable manner. Without getting upset. Without putting down his lifestyle. There's a way there's a there's a way to express yourself without being mean. 
and disrespectful about it. And the unfortunate thing is nowadays is just political correctness is just really harming the ability to, to have a conversation because you try to express your point of view and then next thing you know, someone is, you know, they just start yelling at you because they don't agree with you. Well, that's fine. We don't have to agree with each other, but that doesn't mean we have to yell at each other. And then they get upset when you're interrupting their conversation. It's like, well, when you're passionate about something, sometimes you're going to interrupt. It's hard. I do it myself. I'll interrupt all the time. You know, I interrupt and I'll be like, ah, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. This will just be in basic conversation. We're not even arguing about anything. And then I catch myself like, ah, sorry, man, I just interrupted you. I apologize. You know, uh, but political correctness, this is a difficult thing too. I think it's, it's really hurting society right now, to tell you the truth. Next is going to be, I have all my little notes here, no truth, but it's, uh, uh, what is it considered? Relativism, right? Relativism. I'm pretty sure that's the word I was looking for. To where it's, you know, uh, is it relativism? You call it individualism. I think they might call it individualism too. But it's pretty much like, what's true for me isn't true for you. Right? That kind of concept. What's true for me isn't true for you. And, you know, well, and since we're different, you know, that, that you think your experience uh, forms reality. And that's kind of that downfall of that movie that self-help book, whatever you want to call it, The Secret, right? If you think happy thoughts, great things will happen. Well, that's not really how it works, right? Say that to those people that were probably thinking happy thoughts that got that that were killed in 9/11 or the DC sniper shooter. Doesn't matter how happy they were thinking, the truth is that guy, those people were crazy and they died. It didn't matter how positive they were thinking at that moment. There was lunatics out there wanting to kill somebody. That's a reality. Reality. Okay? We need to understand that. If you jump off of a 100-story building, you're going to most likely die. Or you're probably never going to be able to walk again once you hit the ground. 100 stories, you're just dead. It is what it is. Right? That is a truth. There is such thing as truth. If I put my hand on a stove, it's going to burn my hand. Now there are expect ex expect I can't even say the word now exceptions. There we go. Holy smokes! There are exceptions to the rule, but that doesn't mean the rule does not apply, right? There are people that have weird diseases or issues where they don't feel pain. So yeah, he can put his hand on a stove and his skin will burn, and you know, but he's not going to feel pain. Well, that doesn't mean that if you stick your hand on a stove, it's not going to burn, right? So there are exceptions to the rule, but that doesn't mean the rule does not apply. There are still rules. You know, that's when we, when one of the things I talked about with uh, the homosexual man, I told him, well, you know what the difference is? If everybody decided to be gay tomorrow and never engage in intercourse with the opposite sex, the world would come to an end. The human race would become extinct. I don't need to read that in the Bible. That's just common sense, Right? And I don't mean to offend people, but that is just a truth. Only a man and a woman can reproduce. It is what that's that's nature's law. That has nothing to do with the Bible. That is just the law of nature. Okay? So once again, there are truths. We need to understand these truths. And once you can understand these truths, then we will have a better understanding of how the world works. Plain and simple. 
Last but not least, this one is, it's a death to society, and I don't really know how to word it. Um, I guess I'm kind of going with like a give a fish or teach a fit, teach to fish, you know, that whole concept of give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And this is kind of the concept of taxes and citizen duties, right, me as a citizen. And I think we, I think it's just greed, is the biggest, you know, another one of these big deaths to society. And I think, you know, so we always want to be raising taxes, right? We need to raise taxes so we can give this to somebody, right? So we raise taxes to give something to somebody, but then you're just giving them a fish. So they are only eating for a day, right? Now we need to teach them how to fish. It's kind of, that concept of you can give somebody a fishing pole, but if you don't teach them how to use it, what does it matter, right? Then they're still not going to be able to eat, right? You can give the guy a fishing pole and say, here you go, now go catch some fish. But if he doesn't understand how to use the tool he's been given, then it does him no good. And I think this is the downfall of taxes. You know, we as a society, we feel bad because we know that we are not doing our citizen duties of helping the poor, helping those less fortunate. So we're like, ah, you know, if we just set up a tax to where it forces the government to take money from us, then they can do the right thing. But we already know it's hard enough for just a family, a husband and wife, to balance their own checkbook and use their resources correctly. Now we want to give all this money billions of dollars to a government which is hundreds of people if not thousands and expect them to do the right thing with the money so i think we've got to understand that we just finally have to step up and do what's right we are just not doing what's right you know nobody wants to start their own foundation so we just give to the red cross they only give a a tenth of that money to help those in need and they keep the rest We need to start giving the money ourselves and just taking responsibility and doing what we are supposed to do. And if we did that, the world would be a better place. I mean, it's very simple. You know, that's and that's the beauty of Christianity. I've heard someone say, you know, well, it's almost like Catholicism and Christianity is socialism. Well, I guess you could say that if you wanted to. But once again, it's just the concept of doing the right thing, right? That's why Jesus said, do unto others as you want done unto you. You know, he didn't say give, he didn't say, uh, he didn't say, you know, give the government a hundred bucks so they can distribute that hundred bucks. He's like, no, if you needed food, you would want someone to give you food. So if you see someone that doesn't have food, just give them food, right? Just give them food. You don't have to give food to a food bank. If we actually communicated with our own people, we would know who's in need and we could help them. But then you don't get the tax benefit, right? Whatever the case may be, you know, it's just Christianity is just knowing it's the right thing to do and doing it. It's saying, I don't need the government to tell me that, hey, I should be helping the poor. We should be educating children, you know. If you know the neighbor is struggling to eat, to put food on the table for their children, you tell your you tell your kid to 
friend that child and then invite them over for dinner. And you give the children, the child, some food. You know? I mean, it's just doing the right thing and it's trying, you know, it's trying to overcome the ego and, and our own selfishness. And if we just did that, things would be great. If you actually listened to your conscience. Almost kind of like that voice of God. That's what that conscience almost is. The voice of God. You know when you do something wrong. You know, you, you know when you do something wrong. The next day you feel horrible about it. You know. And it's just acting on it. It's not letting it slide. And trying to forget about it. Because it's always going to rear its ugly head back up. So there you go. That's what I was kind of going with on this. You know, I think if we are able to understand these, what is it, if then, er, then, tomorrow, political correctness, truth, and then the give a fish, teach to fish, that's six concepts. If we are able to understand these six concepts and not fall victim to them, we would be flourishing right now as a human race. Instead, there's just poverty everywhere, war everywhere, division everywhere. And I think if we truly start to understand and implement these things in our lives, we're going to see great change, great change. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Once again, if it's helping you, it's most likely going to help someone else. Share this information. Please share this information. Let them know this podcast is out there. Leave a review on iTunes. Let's start bumping up the charts here, getting a little bit more recognition. Join the social media community, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, True YouTube, True Results 303, TRU Results 303. The YouTube channel has cooking demonstrations. I'm trying to get better at that. There's, a, you know, there's probably 15 exercise routines, how to perform these exercises properly, motivational, spiritual stuff. Um, so subscribe to that as well. And like I said, just share this information, leave a review. Always feel free to email me at trueresults303 at gmail or at yahoo.com. Once again, that is T-R-U results r-e-s-u-l-t-s-3-0-3 at gmail at yahoo.com join us on social media once again thank you for tuning in i hope this information is helping you um, not only change your life but the the lives of those around you turning you into that leader that unfortunately a lot of people are needing in the world today and stay tuned for the next episode.